Well, happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. I um, gave my dad a card yesterday which said something to the effect that um, I remember all of the advice and lessons you ever taught me. I don't understand or follow most of them, but I do remember them. And uh, <laughs> it kind of fits the lessons today, actually, as I thought about it. Um, thinking about um, enduring in our faith. And I wanted to um, start with a few questions about that that idea. Um, what is it about the Christian faith that that you can hold on to? What is it about the Christian faith that keeps you having faith in Christ? What keeps you going? What about your faith soothes you when you are stressed? Or what calms you when you're angry? Or comforts you when you're saddened? What brings peace to your life when you're feeling frantic or too much hectic nature of, uh, of the world? Or what humbles you about, what about the faith humbles you when you're proud? Or what brings love to your heart when you're irritated or selfish? In short, what about the Christian faith helps you to hold on to your faith? Endurance, as I said, is something of a theme in our lessons today. Paul mentions endurance explicitly in his letter to the Corinthians. He's writing about the endurance that he and Timothy have had in their faith through the hardships they've faced. But I think Paul's also alluding to the endurance that he prays the Corinthians will have. Now in various ways, since Paul began the church in Corinth, the Corinthians seem to have fallen away from the faith they had been given. By reading Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, we see that there there were arguments in the Corinthian church over who had the true Christianity, uh, which which people followed the right teacher or the right apostle, uh, which, which of the members were wrong. Some of the Corinthians were becoming arrogant. Some were becoming lax in their morality. Uh, some seem to believe even that proper religious practice and doing the r- rituals of their religion correctly, they seem to think that that was more important than the faith that those rituals seem to signify. And then in 2 Corinthians, we see that there were even further divisions in the church, uh, many people turning against Paul, the, a lot of the Corinthians following what Paul called superlative apostles. Guys would come in and they seem to have been preaching a fairly lax version of Christianity. They were real flashy, um, a lot of fun it seems, but without much substance. And so whatever these, whatever these false apostles preached, we don't know exactly, but it certainly seems that their preaching helped to pull the Corinthians further away from the gospel that they had received from Paul. Maybe Christianity was too difficult for the Corinthians to follow, and so they fell away. Or maybe some of their excitement had died down after they were initially converted to Christianity, and then it started to get a little dull, and their, their faith seemed kind of dry and lifeless, and so some more of the Corinthians fell away. Or perhaps the fighting within the Corinthian church itself was pushing more and more Corinthians out of the church. But for whatever reason, we find in Corinth a church that is fairly divided, that seems to be at times fairly lax in its faith, lax in its morals, uh, negligent in its works of charity. 
And so we hear these words of Paul encouraging the Corinthians to endure in their faith and to keep or to regain the faith they had been given. Now there's a similar theme of endurance in the story of David and Goliath that we heard today. As soon as David offered to fight Goliath, did you notice what happened? Saul told him, no, don't do that, you can't win. His brothers, before the story we read today, his brothers had also told him, you're being an idiot, thinking you're going to go fight Goliath. You can't win, you can't do that. Goliath told him he couldn't win. The Israelites had been completely cowed by the size of Goliath. And you figure one man against an army, who cares? But no one had ever, no, not even a single person had offered to fight him until, until David came along because they were afraid of losing their lives. They were afraid of losing all of Israel in this one fight. Goliath was the Philistines' champion. And so whoever among the Israelites chose to fight him, that one fight would determine the outcome of the war. So David was fighting not only for his life, but for the sake of all of Israel, so there wasn't much pressure on him when he went to go fight. And that's a nice thing for him not to have. But um, then as soon as he volunteers, everyone tells him he can't do it. Goliath was far too big for him to stand a chance, but David didn't care about any of that. He didn't care about Goliath's size, he didn't care about the naysayers. What David seemed to remember, that everyone else at the time seemed to have forgotten, was the fact that God was fighting for them and with them. The point of the battle was not who was bigger or stronger, but that they would depend, the Israelites would depend on God and he would see them through. David remembered this, and so he marched forward to fight Goliath. If we look back at the battles that Israel had fought, several of them before this, from a human point of view, there's no way they should have won. They, they escaped from the Egyptians, who were drowned in the Red Sea, because Moses waved a stick over the water. That's not going to work. The city of Jericho was taken because Joshua had a box, it was the Ark of the Covenant, but a box with a bunch of trumpets. Shouldn't be able to take a city with that. And then Gideon defeated the Amalekites and the Midianites. Um, with, he had far too many men initially, he had 32,000 men, and that was far too many men for God to be, take the credit, really. Um, he said, he basically, God said, with this many men, you're going to think that you did this all yourself. So he told most of them to go away, he left 300 for Gideon, and they beat them basically with torches and trumpets again. Shouldn't have worked. But God was teaching the people of Israel to depend on him rather than on themselves. And fortunately for Israel, David at least seemed to remember this lesson when he went to fight Goliath. He endured in his faith against a seemingly unbeatable enemy. And so now we look at today's gospel and this idea of endurance and faith. I think Jesus was again teaching his disciples in this moment in the boat to endure. Um, I actually find this to be a fairly funny story in the gospel. Imagine being, imagine you're one of the disciples in the boat with Jesus, and there's a huge windstorm, the boat's being swamped, you figure you're about to die, and you look back, and what's he doing? He's lying down in the back of the boat, his mouth wide open, snoring. Well, no wonder they were rather upset. Dude, wake up! (laughs) What are you thinking, Jesus? We're about to die. And, of course, he wasn't bothered by the storm because he knew he could handle it. I wonder sometimes, was he maybe even just faking the sleep so that he could try to give this lesson to the disciples? He asked them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? 
He was teaching them again to endure in their faith, to trust in God, trust in Him and all that they had seen. And so in these three lessons that we heard this morning, we have several calls to endure in our faith, several reasons why we might not endure in our faith. Perhaps, like the disciples, we are at times afraid. Or perhaps, like the Israelites, we sometimes forget who God is. Or like the Corinthians, we spend too much time fighting with each other over who is right. Perhaps sometimes our faith loses its luster, no longer seems fun or exciting. Or perhaps we're led astray by false apostles. And so in many different ways we may find ourselves, throughout our lives at various points, we may find ourselves without very much faith in God. But in these times, or in times when our faith is strong, the key is to endure in our faith. Keep striving after God. When God seems remote, remember the times when God felt very near. Or when you're afraid, remember that God is with you even in death. Or when God seems boring. And I think this might be among the most insidious ways of falling away from God. When God seems boring, remember that all that glitters is not gold. Faith in God isn't necessarily flashy. It often isn't very flashy. Faith in God won't necessarily fulfill... Uh, all of our desires in life. It won't fulfill maybe our desires for riches. It won't seem... uh, Faith in God might not fulfill our desires for wealth or pleasure. And faith in God may certainly seem boring and slow compared to the fast pace of our society and the constant new inventions and things that we have in our society. Many activities in which we can engage are more fun than prayer. Many of the things or activities that we have are more instantly gratifying than prayer. And there are many more, there are many activities and many things that are more gratifying, more instantly gratifying than service to others. There are many things and activities that are more instantly gratifying than following the commandments of God, following the way of life God has given us as a healthy and helpful way of life. But faith in God will help us endure when many other things fail us. A life of service to others will fulfill our lives vastly more than a life lived only for oneself. A life lived following God's commandments, the way of life that He has given us, will prove more healthy and more helpful way of life than many other ways of life we could choose, which may be more instantly gratifying. Encouraging, or enduring rather, in our faith in God is definitely not easy. But enduring in our faith in God will carry us through this life. And so, taking a look again at each of our lives, and thinking about the texts we heard today and how they speak to our lives, I have several questions to ask to keep in your heads as you go about this week. Who is your Goliath? Who or what makes you forget who God is? Or what is your windstorm? What has you so afraid that you lose trust in God? 
Or who is your false apostle? Who or what pulls you away from your faith in God and God's way of life for you? Now thinking about those questions, holding those in your mind this week, I also want you to think about the questions with which I began the sermon today. What is it about the Christian faith that keeps you believing, that keeps you having faith in Christ? What about the Christian faith keeps you going? Or what soothes you when you are stressed? Is there something particular in the Christian faith that calms you down when you're angry or that comforts you when you're in need? What brings you peace when you're feeling frantic? What humbles you when you are proud? Or what brings love to your heart when you're feeling irritated or selfish? Now, we may not have all of the answers to all of those questions yet. That's fine. Think about them. And realize if you don't, <laughs> you don't know every little, you know, every little answer to every question of everything that might go wrong in your life, and here's the piece of faith that's going to help me through, that's one of the reasons that we keep striving. We keep striving, we keep enduring in our faith, so that we will find more peace, so that we will find more love, so that we can endure in our faith, and so that our faith will then help us to endure times of struggle in our life. Amen.